Yo, BJ Gador with the Get Some Gains podcast, and today's guest is the Jeff McDaniel. Jeff is a longtime supporter of all of our online businesses pretty much since 2008. Like, he's an OG. And he's also recently become a distance coaching client. I've been blessed to help him with dealing with some injuries or some past uh, issues with his knees, his shoulder, to help get him back to where he needs to go. And he's also an incredible trainer in Little Rock, Arkansas. So here's a brief introduction of Jeff before we get into the interview. I think you'll really enjoy it. Particularly, I wanted to get him on this show because he's a very resilient guy. He's a very savvy businessman. He went through a lot of challenges during the pandemic, but he made it to the other side. So I think you'll find a lot of motivation in this episode, whether you're a fitness pro or not. Jeff McDaniel is a nationally recognized fitness bootcamp instructor and personal trainer, having twice been selected as best personal trainer in Little Rock by Sync Weekly and Soiree Magazines. He has worked with clients nationwide through his metabolic training program. He's the founder of Fast Fit Bootcamps, Little Rock's premier fitness bootcamp for men and women, women of all ages. He also writes for local publications and performs speaking engagements to help educate people on how to move better, feel better, and look better. Jeff is metabolic training certified and specializes in bringing results to people through his own fusion of corrective exercise and metabolic workouts that are designed to bulletproof the body, improve performance, and maximize results from training. Jeff currently works with over 100 clients in the central Arkansas area. In addition to his local fast fit business, Jeff is also owner of Bootcamp to Go, an online training company that features follow along workouts, audio tracks, and nutritional information designed for the busy individual who doesn't have time to travel to a gym or health club. Bootcamp to Go now offers close to 200 workouts in follow along and instructional style, including over 18 three week transformation programs that are the exact same metabolic workouts Jeff utilizes at his training facility in West Little Rock. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Uh, Jeff is not only a colleague, but I consider him a friend, and there's a lot to learn from his story. Peace. baby here we go we got Jeff McDaniel Little Rock Arkansas representing and you know Jeff uh I have to ask you when did you first hear about the man they called the metabolic messiah oh <laughs> what come back a little bit well you know there was a now <clears throat> which came first that or the sultan of sweats that's a good I think you know there's, there's a couple there you know they're concurrent there were you know there's the prince of perspiration the emperor of exercise um I would probably say Somewhere around the post bootcamp automator and strength fit days, it was the whole I was sent to Earth to bring down the metabolic messiah. You know, it was all that. So I think it's probably somewhere around what 2013, maybe. Well, if you if you've been with since bootcamp automator, that was like so. Workout Muse was like 2008 to 2011. Yeah. So you've been with it since then, pretty much. Um, and those listening to bootcamp automator was. <laughs> 
like there's been so many iterations of what I currently do today. You know what I mean? And we'll talk about that too. You've been so, through such an evolution of your business, but it was basically for group exercise instructors. I took the systems we used from our fitness asylum gym in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the exact workouts, and they got videos of them, the movements and the templates, but they also got interval training soundtracks that would automate the whole thing. We even had an app that we made that was pretty successful, but um, you know, no longer exists unless you, we have some people that still haven't updated their iPod or iPhone to, to maintain the, the original iWorkout Muse. Well, and I'll ask you, you, you would know the answer to this. <clears throat> of all, I mean, here we are, it's 2022. Uh, you know, technological advancements over the last decade. Is there really anything you have found that is, I mean, you got Tabata Pro Seconds, you got some others. Does anything function better in terms of just running a group workout than the old school workout moves? You know, I... I've used both Tabata Pro and Seconds Pro. Seconds Pro we actually give as part of a lot of the workouts yeah. at uh, the Daily BJ. Uh, great apps, but none of them have the same uh, the type of... The answer is no. The answer is no. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's there isn't... Um, you know, we have a... There was a unique, a unique voice to it. Shout out to Topher Farrell, who was the sound designer on the project. And it was just... It was very uniquely put together. had a really unique design. So... Um, these other ones have you can do more with with it. Like Seconds Pro is pretty robust. You can do a lot of stuff with it. And those that don't know, uh, if you're looking for uh, interval training timers for your workouts, uh, the two that we bounce between are Tabata Pro and Seconds Pro uh, iTunes Android apps. They work really well. People seem to enjoy them. But yeah, no, I think I, I, look, I just take it from people like you that have used it all and. People were very upset when I work out Muse because uh, you know it was so expensive to keep making the updates and it just it was too niche of a product. People don't realize how much how expensive it is to uh, develop and maintain an app, and if it doesn't have mass appeal, you just don't make money on it. I, I just I go back to the fact that <clears throat> there, there's nothing new under the sun. Like everyone has tried something, right? And that probably came to uh, its, its fatal end, maybe 2010, 2011, somewhere around there, right? But you're talking about a, more than a decade. And you would think someone's going to innovate something that's even better than that, right? So like in 2019, we made a decision, okay, we're going to, for years, <clears throat> I, would like, I would buy up all the gold eBay and buy the old school iPhone 3Gs and just get them. And I would give them my trainers with the rule, never update this. You know, like <laughs> I'm putting it on there, yeah, because they could <clears throat> they could get the whatever their Spotify playlist, and they could the, the timer app was was effective. So I give it to them. Well, 2019, we said, you know what, we're we're, we're modernizing. We're going to go to Seconds Pro. We did that. Tried it for about three workouts. Crowd didn't like it. Clients didn't like it. They requested back the old school. Crank it in three, two, one, go. I mean, so we're back to it now. We're wow. Back to it now. I mean, but the people have spoken. That's amazing, man. That, that, that's really cool. And again, you know, part of what, you know, we're both entrepreneurs and a, a lot of times uh, there's a couple things that I've noticed about myself that I, I need to fix, like a recency bias. Like I only think the stuff that I'm doing currently is worthwhile and I kind of shit on everything in the past. And that's not smart because uh, some of the best stuff I've made is in the past. And uh, there's also, it's good to reflect upon what you've done in the past because you can see growth, you can see evolution and, um, you know, also some of the projects you've worked on that you thought were going to be big, maybe they weren't big, but 
they were deeply impacting to a small group, that's also great too. People always think like it, it, it's either, you know, strikeout or home run or, you know, uh, knockout punch or you, or you, you whiff. It, it's mostly singles and jabs. And when you can occasionally resonate with people and just to hear that that's pretty cool, man, because, we, you know, that was a really cool project. Uh, I made, we made that when apps were like, we're just like this new thing. And we actually got featured in the app store. And it was like, that was a really cool time. Um, and uh, we never knew what it was going to turn out to be. But I, I you know, I, I probably got introduced to someone like you who's still associated with our business now almost uh, a, over a decade later. So that, that, that speaks volumes. And that's what you have to have a mindset about you when you, if you're going into business or an entrepreneur. Uh, you never know what's going to capture attention. And uh, as long as you, you, your heart's in the right place, people will, will join you in the journey, uh, the setbacks, the failures, the obstacles, and also the successes. I, I don't know if you uh, keep in contact with Topher, but you can share this with him. He probably will understand. But okay, so... If you remember, there was a um, you had the automated tracks, okay. So you had you had the tracks as well. There was some of the tracks that you could have with his voice and some with his wife's voice. So one day we were going to try. Oh, let's go. Let's go a feminine approach to this. Let's let's have the female voice, you know. And it was so funny because I mean the first time it went crank it in three, two, one, go halfway. <laughs> They're like stop. I mean, even the women were like, nah, nah, get Darth, they call him Darth Vader. Get Darth Vader back on. Yeah, he, he had a really cranking three, two, <laughs> one. He had a really good booming voice, and we got similar feedback. Uh, his wife didn't take it personally, but uh, there, there weren't as many people that liked the, 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 the female voice. But, yeah, he, he just, he really, ha he has a great voice. And, uh, you know, he's also, uh, he was a sound designer in the project. He made the original music and... Uh, so shout out to him. I, I occasionally I reach out. We we stay in touch. Every couple of years we touch base, and uh, he's still in the sound design game. And he's, uh, you know, his wife has a, a successful chocolate business. They make uh, fresh fresh chocolates from home and uh, Seattle. So uh, they're doing great too. But um, let's talk about you, my friend, because you know you're based in Little Rock, Arkansas. You have a boot camp business called FastFitBootCamps.com, and How'd you get into this fitness business? How did you get into fitness? Well, we all have our journey, right? And we all have our entry point into it. Um, I, you know, I started off, I was on track. I got into, um, well, college, I wanted to do something in the health wellness space. So I, I, I majored in um, um, exercise science, kinesiology. That was my track. I didn't know what to do with it. I contemplated rehab, wellness, uh, physical therapy, sports medicine, something in that. I, li I like to work with athletes, and um, I graduated. This is one of those decisions in life. It's like, what if, right? So I graduated here at uh, a college here in Arkansas. Uh, one of our student affairs directors, I got to be friends with these, hey, man, there is a, uh, you just graduated. <clears throat> we have an alumni who is a golf coach down, I think, Central Florida. It says uh, he's he's looking for an intern, and you know, we can pay a stipend, and live in Florida, and, uh, you know, get your master's degree in, in exercise science and, okay, and two years. And I thought, wow, okay, almost did it. Well, at the same time, I get a call from this local school that offered me a, um, a basketball coaching position. I was like, okay, so stipend, I'm going to live on about $2,500 a year, you know, <laughs> turning down there on campus, two more years in college, in Florida, by the way. 
or I can get uh, some money right now. And I took the coaching job. I coached for a few years and really thought that's kind of the track, the high school varsity basketball coach. Um, and then I remember I would write these programs up for, uh, I guess I was coaching girls basketball, boys track, girls basketball. And um, I'd write these summer fitness programs up for them. And some of the moms said, hey, we're really interested in this. Do you have something for, like, mother to do? And so I would try to tweak the program I had for them. They liked it. Um, and it starts to like, man, you know what? There may be a business behind this. And so the next year, spring break, I just uh, literally, like, I tell the story. I woke up one Saturday morning and says, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to be a trainer. And I walked out. There, there's a gym down the street from me. I walked in. It's the craziest thing. I just did a Facebook post on this. The gym is closed down now, but I took that picture because on uh, middle of May 2006, I walk in there, and the owner of the gym's there. I said, hey, I need to speak with the manager of the gym. Okay, who are you? Well, I'm Jeff, and I'm going to be a trainer. Wow, man. And, uh, you know, they're probably like, okay, Joker, who are you? And all, but but it, it worked out. I got connected with a guy who was one of these, um, you know, he was a, around here, had been trained for 20 years, and he kind of showed me the ropes, and, and it just took off. So I started for the first three years, like a lot of people do, one-on-one -on -one personal trainer, in a gym, just doing that. And then um, you know, eventually you're doing one-on-one -on -one hour sessions all day long. Like it's, it gets to be a grind, you know. It's like, okay. Um, and it's so funny. I had these uh, – one, one of my first clients was a, was a girl who was competing for uh, uh, Miss Arkansas. She had won a local pageant. She's going to compete for Miss Arkansas. Got training her, and she wins. She goes off to uh, uh, Miss America. That match, so I tricked her for that. She goes off to Vegas, uh, and when she came back, she wanted to keep working out. <clears throat> um, and two of her friends wanted to do it together. And I started coaching a little small group of girls together, uh, and they were getting better results than my one-on-one -on -one clients were because it was like that camaraderie, the group motivation. We're in it together, that kind of thing. <clears throat> and that really was a light bulb moment. I, said, I got this is what I got to do. I got to start doing small groups. Classic, right? Out of the park, no equipment, no gym. And so many people have probably had that same story. Because that, that was at the time, that's a little bit of what was going on. You know, shifting from that 90s model, now we're like 2006, 2007. And um, so here, here's the funny, you asked a minute ago, like I've, how long have I been connected with the metabolic side? So I, I made the decision to go sh strictly group training, group camp model. Uh, and I want to step away from the gym and all that stuff. Well, you start realizing, man, this, this is not one-on-one. It, it was going one-on-three to one-on-five. Now i got ten people at a time. Like, I, I probably don't know how you do it. This is a different style of coaching. So I started getting – YouTube's popped out here. This is probably about 2007. This new thing called YouTube, and I'd get on YouTube and look it around, you know. <laughs> and I came across this video of this dude up in Milwaukee who's throwing a football around in some warehouse. And I'm like, Wow. So that's what I should be doing. I've been doing squats, lunges, and push-ups. This guy's throwing a football around, and, and uh, I need to check this guy out. And uh, there you were. And so I found your website. I was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look into this. He may know something I don't. And it was, it was within like probably two weeks. You sent out the first newsletter to uh, what would be Bookcap Automator. You know the so that that was a new segment we did for NBC NBC TMJ4 in Milwaukee on my first corporate boot camp, which was with cost. Uh, well, the first one was the cost stereo phones, but you saw the next one, which was at the Waco group. And they make a bunch of like, you know, uh, Stacey Adams, Florsheim, uh, shoes, uh, basically just sh shoe wear and uh, very famous company. And 
yeah, we, we were we got our break there kind of doing corporate training. And uh, that's also where I, I saw the need and dealing, like you said, you're dealing with five to 10 plus people. And we had, you know, groups of 30 plus at times, sometimes 50. And I needed a way to be able to coach, and be hands-on, not be a slave to the clock or the timer. And we made those interval soundtracks to automate the session so you could be more hands-on and coach people. And so, you know, it's interesting. Again, you never know what's going to happen. And that was also around the time of that the big 2008 recession where it, it just it just became a thing like where you had to because people could no longer afford a one-on-one personal training and uh, it was just a much more cost-effective accessible model you got more energy uh, with, with groups versus individuals and you could scale your time better as a trainer like trainers were starting to make like 10 times uh, the amount of money per, per session and it opened up their ability to really market their business and, and focus on fewer sessions with a uh, you know, uh, bigger return in each session, which you know, typically it's before work, after work, or maybe a midday, or maybe a 9 a.m. for um, stay-at-home moms or dads who are dropping their kids off. But there, there, there really are uh, a, a small number of peak times anyway, but th- that, that became the whole thing, like boot camps and then Groupon. Do you remember how, how big Groupon was? Like Groupon used to be like, if you got lucky on a Groupon, it could make your whole year. And now it's like no one even knows what Groupon is. Here is the Groupon horror story. This is where, this is the actual, uh, this is the story of being overwhelmed. So Groupon, I get contacted, I think they were based out of Chicago, maybe. And they were, you remember, the original concept was, we're going to pick a day. It's this restaurant or this gym or this business. And that's the only day you can buy it up, right? It wasn't like an ongoing situation. So they, uh, they contact me, hey, we're going to run something for a fitness boot camp in Little Rock. And, you know, I got to be the guy. Great. Awesome. So they picked the date. We, we did the whole sales pitch of what's going to be the price and everything. And so I remember on a Tuesday, I'm waiting. And, and the girl I had done a uh, call with, she said, okay, it'll go live at 8 a.m. All right, great. So it hits. And I start getting the first lead coming in like, oh, that's awesome. You know, then, then five and then 10 and then 25. And I'm just like, I'm dancing in the room, man. 25 leads in like an hour. And then 25 turns into 60. 60 turns into 140. It goes to 200. And by the time it reaches 300, I'm like, I'm not dancing any longer. And I got 447 in that day. I've got no way of handling 447 people who, who right now want the program right now because they just bought it. You know, I didn't have any systems in place. I was completely over. I mean, I'm told, I'm, it was one of the most stressed. It was the best of times. It was the worst. There it is. Now that 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 Charles Dickens quote is very apropos because I think we sold like 502 man. It was like that day, like you know, because th- there are there are hardly ever any sort of windfalls in business. So on the days where like you do get, not only you're getting leads, you're getting money, and yeah, you got to split it with Groupon a little bit. But um, and, and most of the leads they literally hop from Groupon. Uh, to Groupon and, you know, we used to call them Groupon groupies, you know, because that's, that's what it was. But, you know, some people would stick and, uh, but it's just so funny because that was like the hottest new business model and it made so, and, and it was so perfect for the time. And I know they're still around, but they're, it's not what it, what it used to be. And I know they had some issues too at some point, but man, the Groupon, that, that was definitely a, a high as a business owner. Well, it. uh, and it shows you, it forced you how to put systems in place. Like, how do you handle that kind of volume, you know? And as a one, at the time, I was like a one-man show. So uh, I, I, was, I was quickly in trouble, but 
somehow it worked out, and uh, probably out of that 447, I probably uh, kept 10, 10 cuts, but, you know, that's all it is. You, you know, you saw this a lot also, <clears throat> the early days of Facebook, you could do a post, back when you actually post, and it gained traffic, you know, yep. and I get a lot of leads in, but again, that's that's a different type of client, or it's, it's a different type of lead, right, so you, you get like 100, 200 possible leads, but really, one or two of them are actually long-term clients. Hundred percent, and you, you had mentioned too in your your little origin story, uh, coaching uh, basketball. So you're 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 you play basketball. You're a basketball fan. Yeah. Well, I played it all. That was just my favorite sport and my best sport. What would you play? What position? Guard, shooting guard. You got a good. Point. You got a good shot. Okay. I mean, you know, I've beaten you in horse. You did. So. so I remember that we were actually we we're at the Activate uh, Summit in I Phoenix, right? That. That's right. <laughs> and look, I didn't have a chance to warm up. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah, right, right. No, no, you definitely beat me in horse. Uh, my shot was not was not falling that day. But um, I think I could have done well against you in the post. But you, you've got a good shot. You've got a good shot, man. And you watching the finals? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Big basketball fan. I just, I just love basketball. I love March Madness. I love the NBA finals. You know, it's always just – it's it's always resonated with me. The NBA is my favorite, like – I don't really watch college sports. Uh, I, I've lost, I've lost my kind of zest for the NFL. But the NBA is just to me, it's like it's must see TV. And the finals this year have been excellent. Uh, two two amazing teams, one with experience, one with not no experience, but both stacked, both deep. But uh, game Steph Curry's game four, man, where he he just. He dropped, uh, I think, forty-three, uh, seven three-pointers. But like the shot, the shot making was just—it was like all of his skill work came together in this pivotal. Like if they didn't win that game, uh, there was no doubt Boston was going to close them out. Now they're up three-two. But uh, I don't know. That was that was a special. I put that up with with some of LeBron's finals, some of uh, Michael Jordan's finals. It was an epic game four. You know, you see this occasionally in all sports. It's the, <clears throat> you'd have to say, I mean, now, Andrew Wiggins is doing really well. Oh, yeah. He's a little bit of the future, right? But, you know, the Draymond and Clay and uh, and Steph, like, you're talking about a dynasty that nearing the end. Boston seems to be a year or two away, and they're meeting right now, right? Like, if they meet two years from now, Boston's probably got the edge. Right, so you're seeing that 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 last the experience and the ability coming through, and uh, yeah, they're up right now, so to see. But it, it's interesting you see this the end of one dynasty and maybe the start of another one. So you've been operating your business for how many years now? Your your boot camp business? Uh, since 2009. And 2020 hits. Woo. Talk to me uh, about what those couple years were like. Uh, you know, I, I'll tell you, man, like. I don't know what I would have done if I still owned a gym, you know. Um, and, and by the way, you know, there's still no greater impact you can have on someone than working with them in person. And I, I, it's it's re um, that's kind of come back to me this year as I've done more FaceTime training and more direct coaching with people. You know, you lose the human touch, and especially in a room with a group of people, some music, like the energy you can create. No foul on workout can replicate that. And again, I, I, I'm, I'm in the business of, of that type of stuff. But, you know, those that haven't experienced a workout with me live, uh, they'll never know, right? And the difference, and there is one. But how, 
I mean, t- take me through that that couple year period because I, I know you're on the other side of it, but I know from what you've told me, it was it was a, a real gut check. Yeah, I mean, boy, it was. Um, so 2019 was our probably our peak year in terms of like size and growth. You know, we had probably about oh, probably 200 members, um, had you know five or six trainers, really doing well. We we're in a small space. We'd have been in a, the same space for about eight years. And it was one of those opportunities. I mean, 2019, the economy is way different than it is right now. You know, pe- people feeling good about things, you know. And uh, so we were doing well. And I had a choice to make. It's, it's one of those things in business. I've got a space that's low cost, low rent. It's, uh, it's limited. But, man, I could stay there another decade stress-free. Or I could roll the dice. Because the space came available right around the corner. That was, that was actually like three gyms. They closed down, and I had the opportunity to get it, all three of them, large space. So, um, and of course, in, in the fall of 2019, I'm like, man, we've, been, we've had like three or four great years in a row. We're doing well. Let's, let's gamble a little bit, you know. And um, so January 2020, we signed the lease and moved in. And, of course, January 1, 2020, no one knew the hurricane that was coming. So uh, we got this because, this, this, again, it's, uh, it's like you're, you've been living in a one-bedroom apartment, but now you're moving into a 4,000-square-foot home with a mortgage, right? Suddenly, your expenses just tripled, uh, and you don't know what's coming. So then the <laughs> pandemic hits, shut your gym down, you know, wow. It was, uh, it was about a week there that I can't really get back to. I don't even remember. So it was tough, but, <laughs> you know, I couldn't really tell people. People ask me, well, how, how did you get back those those two months that you had to shut the doors? Um, and then after that, you know, after two months, we could come back and we had to have 12-foot spacing. So that means if you think about a gym, if you have to put people in 12-foot boxes, you're limited to about five or six folks total. So there is no 200-member gym, right? Now you're doing about 30, right? And you're trying to make this work, right? Um, and are they, are they wearing masks? They, the way, the way Arkansas did it, you had to have a mask to come in. Okay. Uh, but once they started working out, they would take the mask off. Okay. But they, in, in their box, they had to be in a contained box. So we had to like tape the floor down, right? Put the people in these boxes. And then uh, they sprayed their equipment down and then put their mask back on to walk back out. Which, which, looking back, didn't make a whole lot of sense. However, you had to do it, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it just, but it just... It's just so sad like that we got to this point because, you know, that that's like, I would never think, uh, it just seems so sterile, you know, and clinical and it t- takes a lot of the rapport and, you know, people feel like contagious and I don't know, just, it, it, it probably was a really weird energy in the room. Oh my gosh. It was. And that thing, you just touched onto it. <clears throat> if you build your gym up on rapport, you build it up on camaraderie. You know, you, you high-five and hug at the end of every workout, and you, uh, you know, we do something called a victory tunnel, and we one of our mottos is acknowledge every small victory. So we light up. It's kind of like the, uh, the starting lineup in basketball. Yeah. Runs, well, we pick somebody at the end of each workout that did their best, and they run the victory tunnel. Well, so for a year and a half, you can do that, right? You can't, you can't because you were fearful of the other person. So not only is there no rapport, but the other person is kind of like, the enemy, in a sense, we got to stay away from each other. So it just really, whatever your business model was, I guarantee you suffered. So you, you were shut down for two months. Um, what were you doing doing during that time? And then, like, when did things start to stabilize for you? Well, I did a little bit of your world. I 
obviously we had to go to some some type of virtual platform. So we offered that, you know. Um, and it's interesting. I, I considered everything. I literally those two months, which <clears throat> is good in a sense because it forced you to be a little bit reflective. All right, you've been running your business since from 06 to 2019 one way, <clears throat> and you've been doing it seven days a week. Stop, chill out, reflect. I know that you think the ground's been pulled out from under you, but reflect on things. What do you want to do now when this is over? No one at the time really knew what it was going to be over with, but it was a forced time of meditation and just, you know, looking at the man in the mirror, so to speak, and trying to figure out, all right, what do we do next? Do I even stay in this, you know? Uh, ultimately decided, yeah, uh, yeah, back to what you talked about with FaceTime. You said there's a distance of, like, online training, but the FaceTime brings you more close to with person. There's a personal, intimate relationship with that person. It all, the people that stood with us was the people we had that kind of relationship with. They stood by us. They understood what, what was happening in the world. And I've just it, it kind of honed that concept of in life, in business, it is all about relationships. It really is. The deeper relationships you can build with people, even if it's five or six, you do it, you know, because those people are going to be with you in the storm. 100%. How'd you like the, the online training world? Because that, that has its own pros and cons. Oh, boy. Um, I see the convenience of it. A, I wasn't very good at it. Uh, because I think a lot of things I do, physically correcting people, obviously that's out the window. Uh, it, but the one thing is it forces you as a trainer to really nail down the coaching cues. If I can't push your shoulders back or straighten up your posture or keep your knees from collapsing in on a squat or getting your torso upright on a lunge, I got to verbally be able to say that. And so kind of refine some of the skills maybe I didn't have <clears throat> or wasn't as good at. So in that regard is good, but it's, it's not for me. It really isn't. And, and I'm okay with that, you know. Um, but some people really, I had some trainers that really took it over and they did it the whole time and they, they enjoyed it and still do it to this day. And you know, that's part of it too, man. Like, you know, I'm sure, and I'm sure you probably still feel that way a bit now. Like, wow, this was a really brutal period, but you know, it exposed you probably to all the things that you didn't want to do, right? Like you realize that I'd rather focus more on, uh, you know, keeping the business a bit smaller, more manageable, lower overhead, and just having more control and less hassle of managing people. Cause that, that's really where all the trainers I know that really get burnt out is when they, they expand to that second or third location. And now all they're doing is managing um, young trainers that are really like in the mindset of just trying to find the next opportunity or even potentially, uh, you know, taking clients uh, to build their own brand and that type of thing. Whether it happens a, uh, a lot is, you know, there's always rumors and stories of it, but it, or this happens all the time in corporate America too. People get promoted and they get taken away from their like true unique skill set and what they love to do. And now they're just doing like they're uh, pushing papers and, and managing people, which is a lot of, like managing people is tough. You have to really have uh, the right personality and mindset for it. Well, you mentioned corporate. You see this in so many facets of life. It's, uh, so when I was in, when I was doing high school basketball coaching, the track there is you coach for a period of time. And then you move into administration or you become a principal or a superintendent. You, you go more of that route there. You, you get away from the thing that you really love, which is coaching, right? The sport itself. Pretty soon you got a lot of former coaches are now administrators or uh, directors of discipline 
and they're not they're so far removed from their own sport. And you see, as trainers, I remember all the all the programs I was in, mastermind groups I was in. It was like that's the trap. You want to get to where you're not training, you are managing. You're a business owner. Uh, one thing that came away from the pandemic was that when you look at the a fitness business, your heart and soul is more wired toward either the fitness side of business or the business side of fitness. And some people have the business side. They just enjoy the business part of the marketing, the sales, the reports, all that stuff. And mine's always been on the fitness side of things. And I enjoy it. So, you know, we're a smaller business now. We're a better business. It's better. Like it, that, that time away, it was, it was someone who gets, you know, you got an uppercut in 2020. And you're flat out on your back on the canvas. But you get up and you gather yourself like, okay, I'm doing things differently now. And I could not be happy. And it's a real testament to your resolve, man, because, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, the number of people I've heard that like had successful fitness businesses that are like, I mean, they're, they're not only the business is gone, they're, they're like in a completely different field now. I, I, one guy I, I heard about uh, is, is selling medical devices. I'm nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying like he was a gym owner and now he's, you know, and now he's driving around his car all day uh, selling medical devices and it just... And I know that's not what he wanted to do. So, um, you know, a lot of people that are just completely out of business, I assume. Yeah. Um, more than I would like to, every now and then I keep touch with a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, some of the people I've done business with in the past and, uh, fitness revolution. A lot of those people are with Pat Rigsby now and I'm always, Hey, what's so and so doing? And some of them have transitioned out. It's just one thing. Uh, if you had a family, wife and kids, you were under the gun, right? And if your gym is failing, there comes a point in time like, well, I would love to kind of, you know, do this gym and, and keep doing it, but uh, I may have to get a whole, I got to make some money. So I think it pressured a lot of them to get out into another field. I don't know if they'll come back or not, but, you know, it goes back to what your your heart and mind is, uh, is wired. I, we are in, I tell you, the whole fitness industry right now is in a very interesting period of time because I, I feel like we had the initial pandemic phase. And again, if you were an in-person service provider, then you had the ultimate punch and you did, you, it, it sucked. But if you were, if you had a virtual business, 2020 is very opportunistic and you probably did really well. But then sometime in 2021, we hit this transition phase where people were trickling back and it impacted the virtual business, so they didn't do as well, but neither did the in-person, so nobody did good in 2021. Now we're at the time, okay, what is next? What does it look like? And me and you have talked about this before, but uh, you look at gyms, restaurants, churches, they're all about 60 to 70% back based on your region. So you're looking at 30, 40% people that have not come back to in-person. Where are they? And I, I know, like, we... I talked to a pastor of mine about this, and um, he, was, he was talking about, hey, you know, we only have 30 40%. They were doing streaming church services, but they're not doing either one now. And I think we conditioned a culture into, you know, DoorDash and Uber Eats, program people for that. My parents didn't know what YouTube was, and now they stream their churches online, so they're probably not going to go back. And so you can probably speak more about this than I can, but of the 30 40% that are not back in person, are they doing online either? Or is there a segment of the population that has chosen? They're kind of they're out. 
They're not they, virtual. They did it for a while. Now they're not, but they're also not back in the gym. So I don't know what the future holds over the next two, three, four years. You know what, man? Uh, yeah, I think 2020, especially for the, the, the companies in fitness that really killed it in like 2020, 2021, and including 2021, were just equipment companies. Because, you know, it's a, it's a one-time thing. You sell the equipment. Who cares if they use it? It's theirs. I know Dynamax, for example, Medicine Balls killed it. Dave the Bandman Schmitz had one of his better years or better times in a business. Um, we got that initial uh, boost the first couple months uh, in terms of online training. But then 2021 was just the year of burnout for everyone. So there are some people, Jeff, that like longtime members, like they would post multiple paragraphs after every workout in the comments about like how much they loved it, the impact in their life gone. I, I hope they're doing well. I don't even know where they are. They're gone. And I, I don't think they'll ever come back. We've had some people reactivate, but like you said, I think this, is, this has been a permanent shift in not only, you know, your business, my business. I think everyone's business um, is, has been affected. And I know my audience too, a lot of them, I think uh, were, were young families or they had a new family in the midst of this pandemic and they haven't figured out like, you know, cause again, the priority for your own physical fitness and mental fitness sense to be pushed to the side with, with, with kids and uh, dealing with employment issues, et cetera. So I don't, I don't know what the future is. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. I, I think it's going to be a lot of this is too. I think we're all scarred in some senses of, you know, uh, the level of uncertainty or lack of, we, we don't want to get too excited, you know, because we can't take another one of those gut punches because, you know, uh, I knew this was going to be a couple year process. I think a lot of people thought it was going to be a couple weeks or a couple months. And um, it's hard to crawl out of it. And I think especially since we we all got so conditioned to do everything from home, uh, now we're stuck with like simultaneously wanting to get out of the house, but like, ah, maybe I'll just stay home. You know, like my wife and I have to start forcing ourselves to leave. Like, you know, because some, you know, we used to, we could even watch a movie. We could stream a new movie from HBO Max. So uh, even getting out to the theaters, like, why should we go? It's, it's kind of more expensive. And yeah, the screen is big, but I kind of like to just lay on my couch with my drinks and my food and my, my Normatec compression uh, sleeves on my legs. You know, like, but we have to force ourselves to get out once a week because if we don't, we're just going to become the, the worst type of hermit, you know? Well, and this speaks to something else. Um, you know, they always talk about like the, the decline of the middle class, the old richer getting richer, poor getting poor. This applies to what you and I are talking about also. I, this sounds bad, but there, there is a health movement in our country of really people like the lifestyle. They're, they're, they're driven into it. Um, and so the fit are getting fitter, but at the same time, sadly, the fat are getting fat. Like the statistics back that up. Obesity is still rising. Every decade it gets worse. And so you got to, now that you have conditioned people for convenience, and maybe this is a societal thing that where if you go back a couple of generations, there weren't as many desk-oriented jobs and conveniences, maybe more manual labor, lifestyle, especially if you go back 100 years, more agricultural, that people had a basic, there were more middle-class families, but they're also a middle-class of health, general health. Now you're seeing that disparity, and people are either buying all in on the lifestyle or they're falling way off. Yeah, I mean, I think people that, you know, it's it's funny because you think if you you got sick and 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 you know, hopefully you made it through, maybe it would have been a wake up call to take your your health and lifestyle more seriously. I can't speak to how many people did, 
Um, but I think if anything, people that uh, did get sick or and then maybe the the symptoms weren't as bad or you know being healthy, uh, you know body body fat was a big predictor of how bad COVID was going to be for you. It, it maybe give them, uh, you know. I'm glad. I'm glad I invested in my health. I'm glad that I've taken, I control what I can, my attitude, my effort, you know, um, and hopefully that makes them double down on it moving forward. But, you know, I think the, the biggest takeaway I had from, from a business standpoint when it comes to fitness specifically is that it's a terrible long-term business model. Even Peloton with the surge of people they had buying in and the, the, the nonstop and they had incredible marketing. It's everywhere. You know, they, they got caught and too much supply and, and shrinking demand as people got burnt out with it. And again, there's, there's, it really is a personality based business, you know, and again, it's, it's, it's tough for people kind of like a barber, you know, once you get someone who knows how to cut your hair, you, it's, it's, it's painful to find someone new, but it's also so easy to find people now. And it's so easy to get it for free on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube so um, it's, it's a terrible long-term business model. You really have to be in it for the right reasons. And you really have to be able to deeply connect with people, whether it be online or offline, because even the most funded, tech-based, uh, culturally uh, relevant or cool uh, business models, uh, they, they, they peak in a, in a couple years and then it's just a slow death. So, um, uh, and, and with that too, with, with social media, there's so many people now in this space that um, I think what the pandemic may have, have done, it may have gotten people, it may have really pushed the surge over over the you know over the edge in terms of how many options are out there. But that'll naturally shrink because people aren't going to be in it. They just can't stay in it without a good business model, um, without you know having a diverse number of ways to bring in income. You know, we we had to completely diversify our business too because our subscription business uh, was hemorrhaging during the pandemic and. So it made us get smarter about, you know, offering more products and uh, offering things to people that would like to go deeper with us that have been with us for a long time, uh, made us happy that we had the fashion line that helped us weather that storm of the fitness side of things. Because again, that's also, it's a one-time sale. It's not an ongoing relationship. It's tough, as you know, to get people to keep coming back and keep showing up with something that is uh, still considered by many just to be a luxury. And it is, you know, a lot of people in tougher socioeconomic situations, they can't find the time or the resources to to really commit to it. There, there, are, there are people like that. Uh, I know people say, oh, you're not prioritizing. No, there's some people that just can't find the time. And when they find the time, they have no energy to put forth into it. So it's tough, man. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen next. What, uh, what do you see for your brand of business? <clears throat> what do you see... Um... A is, is working good for you right now because I've, I've talked to you about what I think from me as a standpoint, I, I, I talked to you about this last week. We carry our fans through our journey, right? There are people that we resonate with, we connect with, and that fan base goes with you along the way. Now, it's not that you can't bring in other people, you know, if, uh, but it's like you, you got to speak to the people. We just had like, uh, like one of some, an 80s rock band has a concert and they say, oh, you know what? We're not going to play any of our old hits, only brand new stuff. Wait, wait a minute. I've been with you since the 80s, man. I want you to play your old school stuff, you know? So, so you can have new stuff, but they're there for a reason because they were fans of yours. And I think for each of us, yeah, we have to diversify, but like what is the, 
the ultimate thing, you've got people that connect with you from like 15 years ago. Okay, how do you connect with them virtually in a way? And I think what you're doing with FaceTime setting is a cool way. I don't know what the, the time commit is for that, but I see that as a, a really strong, viable platform for you moving forward, even if the daily DJ doesn't ever get back to work because it's peak. What's your thoughts on that? Well, that, that's, again, that's, again, you look at the, the pros and cons of the pandemic. Uh, FaceTime training became a legitimate way of doing business because people just got okay, you know, whether it was Zoom or people got okay with virtual uh, remote work and uh, training, coaching. So uh, that's great. That opened up a whole new revenue stream for us. And, and it's been a way for me to basically work with my superstar clients. And by the way, our superstar clients tend to buy clothes. They tend to buy all the equipment we recommend. Uh, they, they tend to subscribe to the higher end programming options. And they inform me like, they, I know when things are going well for them, we're on the right track. You know what I'm saying? They're like the captains of your, 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 uh, your team. You know, and uh, they tend to be the most active in the comments section. So it was really an awesome way to further connect with our superstars, get them, um, you know, provide deeper coaching to them to help them. Uh, achieve their goals, but also learn more about their struggles and how that trickles down to everyone else. So th that was a great thing about the pandemic. And again, had we not had the business struggles we had, I wouldn't have uh, worked so hard to make products now that we have available because some people just don't want to subscribe. They rather pay like five times the price <laughs> for a one-time product. But again, that's you have to understand consumer habits. And like you said too, uh, you know, we're in the Palm Springs desert area and a lot of casinos here and all, there's billboards on the, uh, about these casinos promoting like artists who were like huge in the 80s and 90s now coming to like do a, like a small performance at a casino. Part of me dies when I see it. But again, like this is the natural cycle of life. Like you, at some point you're going to reach a peak amount of people if you are a performer or you have a business. And then it's just about trying to find ways to hold on to as many of them as possible. Still try to reach out, but maybe the audience never is what it was at one point for whatever reason. Uh, societal shifts, um, you know, just the, the, the life cycle of a business. Um, you know, you're, as your audience gets older too, some people stick, other, other people leave or they find something else or they realize it just wasn't for them. So you just gotta, uh, like you said, you, you know, I, that's one thing I've made a mistake of. At one point, I, I kind of got away from a formula that we knew was really successful, which was the 20-minute express workouts and then things got really long and um instead of dividing you know between uh something specifically for busy people on a budget and then people that love this and live it and will pay anything uh for like advanced programming etc uh we made it all one thing and it, it, and even though like everybody was getting crazy amounts of value the perception was that it wasn't for them um so you know being okay with running the same formula forever, like the Big Mac, you know, or the KFC recipe, or, you know, and, and that's something that um, I got a bit too bored with times with stuff like this because I didn't think about the big picture and also that business can be boring sometimes and uh, no need to, to reinvent the wheel, but it's also okay to evolve. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've had a definite evolution with this and part of me is now like, I'm trying to get the mindset of, okay, if I can do five or 10 more years of this style of business, it might open up the doors for me to kind of step back a bit and uh, not have to push myself so hard. Because again, like, you know, uh, 
we joke about being, I joke about being on the wrong side of 30. You joke about being on the wrong side of 40. And I have to say, by the way, Jeff, I've gotten messages about people like that are offended by that, that are like maybe in their 60s. They're like, fuck you, I'm 60. But it's like the same time too, um, I'm, I'm, even if I don't look like I'm aging, I am. I feel it every day. And I have to speak to my audience. And a big part of my audience is about to turn 40. They're entering this kind of midlife, crisis or shift so it might seem insulting to people who are 60 but just so you know that's not you know Jeff's not trying to be insulting to someone who's 60 when he says I'm on the wrong side of 40 he's just trying to speak to people that are having that unique experience and if anything if you're still in the game over 60 uh, you have our utmost respect talk about that as someone who's 10 years further down the the line in the aging process and, and what lessons you've taken yeah, I mean, this is where you get into the evolution. I think I don't know how reflective you are, but sometimes I reflect back to where I was when I started. And the thing about YouTube is I can go back and look at some of the old school videos from 08, 09, 2010. Look at some of the things I did. It was really, I guess, every young trainer, I still see this because I'll, I'll interview trainers. And if they're in their 20s, there's a mindset of, like, I got to prove myself and I, I actually have to have the hardest workouts possible. Mm-hmm. I got a, I got a, people have to be crawling out the gym and they, they want that accolade of like, Hey man, I did your workout. I was sore for four days. Whereas me now, if I train you, my goal is not for you to be limping around the next two or three days. If you wake up tomorrow, and you feel awesome. That's a win for me. You know, that's the mindset shift you get as you, as you start to age, realize it's not about hitting a certain number. It's not about vertical leap and 40 yard dashes and, and uh, you know, eighty pound kettlebell swings. Maybe I take a twenty five pound kettlebell and I swing it a couple hundred times, and I feel good, and I stretch, and I go home. So that that is somewhere along the way you get that. Um, and I, I think, but I'm a better trainer now than I was ten years ago. You see, uh, are my and I've got I've got two or three trainers here, and some people say like, oh man, her workouts are harder than yours. It's like, well, that's good because you know I'm really not trying to make the hardest workout possible. You know, if I wanted to make it hard, I could do that. But the fact is that you are doing the get-up better, and that your swing is more effective, and that your back feels better. You're out of pain, and you're leaning out. Man, that's a victory to me, and I don't have to crush you every single workout. So that's that's probably been the biggest uh, mindset change. Mindset <laughs> check that uh, for me just over the last probably five years. You know, what you identified is perfect too, because. Trainers go from being obsessed with novelty in their youth to mastery as they become a master trainer, right? And then you've got people that, um, you know, or going from entertainment base to, you know, more empowerment. And really what happens is you get good as a trainer, you know, you shift from like trying to uh, ego-based training to recovery-based training because you realize, okay, this is all about recovery now. I still have the ability to train. I just can't recover from the training like I used to. So I've really got to find the minimum effective dose. And I've really got to sometimes do twice as much on the recovery side just to do what I did 10, 20 years ago or to keep that pace. And that's fine. You know, that's what, uh, shout out again to one of my clients uh, or one of our members, uh, Russ Blount, who's like, you should start saying the smart side of 30. Because he's right. Like sometimes I laugh to myself when I'm in my hot tub or pool doing movements that cost me nothing that are actually making me better. Um, because I, I'm like, 
I, I laugh because I, I would have, even though I didn't feel like training today, I would have crushed myself because I, I felt like I, I, you know, of my ego and, and like you said, like you talked about, and I would have set myself back and I would have been not setting the right example for my clients and um, I wouldn't be living, I would be living a lie, right? I would be doing the opposite of what I would be telling them to do. Uh, but frankly, when I was younger, I would tell people to do more than they probably should have anyway. So now I just got to sell people on being smart, less is more, focus on fewer movements, focus on mastery, and, and be okay with um, waking up and feeling like a bag of dicks someday and just being okay with mobility massage and, and some walk or some EHO. And because uh, it's about supporting your lifestyle, it's not about taking away. There is also uh, <clears throat> the chase part of fitness, and then there's the appreciation of fitness. So, for example, well, you, you, you look at the latest Top Gun. <clears throat> you got, um, in the original Top Gun, you got Tom Cruise, 20-something, out there trying to win a volleyball game, right? It's competitive. It's ego-driven. I just want to win, okay? In this movie, here's a 60-year-old maverick who gets out and plays football out on the beach. He probably he could care less whether he wins the game or not. He enjoys playing out there. He's having fun. He's kicked back and watching. That's that's where we are in fitness. You know, like, okay, you do so much stuff that you have the ability to do in your early 20s, mid-20s. Great. You don't appreciate it. You have no appreciation of it. And so I, my goal, honestly, I want to be able to, in my 50s and 60s, be able to move well, go for a jog, you know, swing some kettlebells, play around, hang, do all these things, and appreciate my body, how it feels. And that's appreciation. And maybe it doesn't hit a certain metric or number, but I appreciate that. I love it, man. That, that scene was so good because, you know, first of all, at 60, he's in incredible shape. He's got a classic, like, bodyweight training build. You know what I mean? And he's, he's a great runner. And uh, he was like, let me show these young motherfuckers what it's all about. And then he's like, but now I'm going to go sit down because we have a big mission coming up. <laughs> and I'll watch them, you know, go, you know, twice as long. But, you know, again, like, you start to know, you just, that's the wisdom. The mastery is not just of the movements, but of the load, load management. He was like, you know what? I, 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 you know, this is about them. This is about team building. I'll show them that I, I still walk the walk, but you know, this is, this is their time. And, and I'm a man of a certain age and I got to be careful that I don't push it too hard or too far. And, uh, so I really love that scene. And then this is, this is a great segue to the final part of the podcast. We got uh, less than 10 minutes left here. But you recently, uh, you, you came to me, I hadn't heard from you in a while, and you were dealing with some, some joint issues. And again, this happens to a lot of trainers. Uh, you're very selfless and you spend all day working on other people's stuff and you don't make the time for yourself. But as you're getting closer to 50, you're, you're, I'm not saying you can't make changes in your 60s, 70s, 80s, but it definitely gets harder. Uh, you know, and, and you're, I believe that there's a critical period from your late 30s to late 40s that um, a final opportunity to make changes at a, at, a, at a pace that people can stick with, that isn't so daunting, that can set the stage for the second half of our lives if we're lucky enough to live it. And um, you had some knee issues, a uh, shoulder issue, and uh, we've been working together for about three sessions now on just getting you on a path with EHO every hour on the hour mobility work to kind of fit into your workday. Uh, so t talk about where you were at and then how some of this stuff is helping you right now. Yeah, it is uh, the, the mechanic whose car is broken down, the doctor who's sick, and the trainer who's got so many bumps and bruises and aches and pains, right? You know what it goes down to? It, it, um, you could say practice what you preach, but 
I, it's the details. It's taking, going back to the appreciation of fitness and doing the details. So like coaching somebody, I, we do corrective exercise on the daily. Man, I can tell you how to fix your shoulder. I can do all this stuff. And yet my shoulder hurts, my knee swells and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, yeah, A, it was humbling for me to reach out to you and say, okay, as a trainer, I need somebody to train me because <laughs> it's not getting done. You know, so um, I decided to make that – matter of fact, I tell you, when you uh, – was it uh, two years ago you came out with the Real Corn Games? Was that two or three years ago maybe? Maybe longer. The, the original one was uh, 20 – either 2018 or 2019. Then we took a break from okay. it. But then I brought it back recently, yeah. And I kept thinking, man, I would enjoy doing that, but I got to fix my shoulder first and I got to fix my knees first. And I got to do all this stuff first before I can get into that. And then finally, um, uh, and I credit you to, you did a podcast probably about three or four months ago on what was the, the worst pain I've ever felt. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, okay, that was really the moment I was like, all right, uh, it's clear that it's not getting done with myself. So, uh, and it, this speaks to a larger issue. Everybody needs a coach. Everybody. Business, you may be the most business savvy person. We probably could benefit from having a business coach or a fitness coach, financial coach. Um, and so I reached out to you. And <clears throat> I think last year's session has been great because it's opened up my mind. So many things that you think you know, A, there are things that you may have known in the past that you, you it's forgotten. And so you give me such a different perspective. And A, you're very knowledgeable. You're very, very good at what you do. And, uh, and it's simplistic. I, I've really enjoyed, like, how do we do this in a FaceTime approach? He's not here. I was not the jam. Uh, and yet it works. It really does. It's so, uh, I want to say simplistic, but it's simplistic in the fact of here we are on the phone and you're just working with me. Hey, Jeff, let me see you do this. Okay, we'll try this. Now do this. Plus, it's not like it's just random because you have a plan. There's a tier of, of progressions you want to take me through and here's where I'm at right now and the third component of it is there's homework and I've really uh, I told you I think you, get, you got a brand the eho I'm glad you got a book coming out about it because that is that's the secret sauce to making this work we go two weeks between sessions all right so ultimately this is a lot of personal responsibility on me you've given me the direction to go and you do a great job of checking in but ultimately it's up to me to get it done, but you've given me a clear plan. I want you to work on dot, 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 try to do these every hour on the hour, and uh, it's worked. Uh, probably the first week, we were working more primarily on the shoulder, but then I discovered in the squat hang, dang, every time I do this, my knee swells up. So to kind of backtrack, worked on the knee. The knee is awesome now, no swelling, feels great, more function, and now I'm back to training more of the shoulder and the, uh, the hang. So... I, I could, you know, I could ramble on and on, but the bottom line is, I it's it's a great investment. I've learned so much, and I'm looking forward to some more. Well, dude, I appreciate that. You know, the one thing, the nature of FaceTime training, again, I touched on this before, is because it involves uh, on both sides. You know, you need uh, ideally a tripod and be able to go from a vertical to horizontal landscape based on the movement. You don't want to spend too much time transitioning or setting up in different shots, so it focuses you on usually one or two things or just a few things. And, and what we did the first session, we just focused on the assisted deep squat hang using a barbell and a power rack or a vertically uh, mounted um, gymnastics rings or TRX. Second session was implementing the get up with scat presses and presses, but particularly 
the, the bottom portion of the getup because of the shoulder issues you were dealing with. And then the third session, we introduced the shin box, all while you know rechecking in on, because the thing is once you install a skill, we can come back to the skill in the next session, but you know, quickly touch on it, then go to the next thing. And um, every time we can implement a new skill or, or add a new layer to the, the, the skill. And um, you know, so pe I think a lot of people, by the way, to me, a gorilla corn isn't, it's a rare beast, a rare breed. It, it's, it's, people think, oh, it's someone that can do tough workouts. You know, that could be part of it, but it's really someone who doesn't need to do tough workouts to look a certain way, to move a certain way, to perform a certain way and be a certain way. And um, that, that, that really is EHO. It's the ability just like to do movements um, without having to necessarily do too much warming up. It's just part of your active lifestyle. And because it's all skill-based, skills you can build upon for the rest of your life that, that you don't need to be young. You know, maybe the raw, raw, raw ability is great in your youth and you, we all reach physical primes in our mid to late 20s, but we can we can build skills forever. And that's what helps keep us young. That's the fountain of youth, not just uh, access to water, right? You and I both can, can preach to that, you know, hot and, and, and either tempered or cold water and just be able to train it for hydrotherapy, but also just having a skill-based approach to what you do and not chase fatigue, manage it, be smart about it, load management. Um, we got two minutes left, Jeff. It's been a pleasure talking with you. It's been a pleasure working with you. Uh, where can people learn more about you? And uh, what are your final thoughts for the listener? Well, if you happen to be in the uh, Little Rock, Central Arkansas area, fastfit.club, uh, I'm going to start tagging home of the best 30-minute workouts in town since someone else co-opted the online. So I got to I gotta simplify that. But there you yeah, go. Man, uh, right here in West Little Rock, um, you know, do some uh, TV stuff. So I'm 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 in the news there, and you know, we it's it's pretty it's a pretty simple model. You know, it's getting people to move better, feel better, look better, all that stuff. So um, do that, and um, I just want to say another special uh, thanks for having me on the podcast. I'm a big, I'm a long time listener here. I try to always catch these. It's uh it's a nice blend of comedy and content, both. You know, you make it fun, and uh, hopefully I have not uh, rambled on your entire... We, we talked about 30, 40 minutes, and I, I ran you into a full hour, so... That, that's perfect. Yeah. What I love about Anchor is it shuts you down an hour, so that it just... It's a way to make sure that we don't go, you know, past an hour is okay occasionally, but tends to mean we're not talking... means our spiel isn't tight enough, right? As, as, a, as a salesman, you got to know that. Um, Jeff, you, you really are... Uh, I feel blessed to have gotten to know you, uh, to have had your support all these years and to be able to continue to work with you in some way. Uh, you're a special guy. Be, please be sure to check out fastfitbootcamps.com if you're in the Little Rock, Arkansas area. And uh, I thank you for your time today. Lots of lessons, uh, whether you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, or just a fan of fitness, I think you got a lot out of today. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. A five-star rating review is much appreciated. And links and discounts are in show notes. Love you guys. Peace. Athletic Greens. Nobody's greens are more athletic.
this is BJ Gador. Get my go-to greens powder with five free travel packs plus a one-year supply of vitamin D at athleticgreens.com slash BJ Gador. That's athleticgreens.com slash BJ Gador. You better drink your greens.